0: How's everyone doing? Welcome back to another edition of the Big D podcast on Spunky Sports Network. My name is Alex. I'm here with you today. And of course, as always, we've got the Big D himself, Mr. Dylan here. Welcome, Dylan, to your podcast. And uh, everyone, make sure to remember, like, subscribe, follow, and all those things on that Spunky Spectrum Sports. Dylan's got some incredible uh, content on here. He's interviewing Olympians. He's interviewing. Anything and anyone on any topic. I mean, this man is doing it all. So make sure you subscribe to that. Make sure you uh, like like the videos. And uh, he will keep up the good content for you. How are you doing, Don?
1: I'm doing well, Alex. Thank you. Thank you for getting all that introduction. That's always the best part. And also sponsors. If you're looking to get your brand out there, please uh, give me a... Holler and uh, hopefully we can get you on the uh, Spunky Spectrum Sports YouTube page or the Big Beat Podcast. So, uh, Alex, uh, you know what tomorrow starts?
0: That I do. Tomorrow, we are starting with some Olympic soccer. Women's particularly, you know, I cannot wait. Uh, Olympics are always an exciting time of the year, whether it's the summer or the winter. You know, obviously... Being the soccer fan I am, uh, summer is always a little more exciting for me, but uh, I can't wait to get this kicked off.
1: Yeah, and so tomorrow the USA and Sweden kick off their groups, and uh, what do you expect to see? I mean, it seems like in every major tournament, whether it be Olympics or World Cup, the US and Sweden always face each other somewhere.
0: I know. It's, you know, especially in women's soccer, man, you've got those powerhouses. It's It seems like... U.S. and Sweden, obviously, they had the PIA connection um, What la- the last cycle. And uh, it's it's always interesting to see those two teams come around. You're right. It seems like they're always playing each other. It's either U.S. and Sweden and U.S. and Japan just seem to find each other any, any opportunity they get. But uh, I'm expecting big things from the women. I mean, how could you not? It's – this U.S. national team is, I mean, one of the most consistent – uh, uh, programs that we've seen obviously in our, in our soccer and our soccer uh, national teams, the U S have been trying to put pieces, or the men have been trying to put pieces together, but uh, the women have had those pieces together for a very long time. So it's a, it's always seems like it's a gold medal or bust for these women. And uh, I think they've got the same expectations this year.
1: Yeah. Thinking back to the last Olympics, when the, when Sweden, I don't know if you say parked the bus, but played one of the ugliest teams I've ever seen and then won that penalty shootout when I'm not – the U.S., I'm not sure, collapsed or self-destructed in the PK shootout. Right.
0: I mean, you know, the the biggest thing for me is that it's just, you know, obviously – Revenge is definitely going to be a uh, a driving factor for the women. Uh, whenever whenever you lose a final or a, or a gold medal match or how, whatever you want to call it, I mean, losing that game it, it's one of the worst pains you can have as an athlete. Is getting to getting to that championship game at whatever sport, whatever level, whatever competition you're in, and uh, having the opportunity to kick off the tournament against that against that that uh, Swedish team is going to be. Very, very salivating for these women, I think. I think they're going to be excited to kick things off, and I think they're going to be excited to show them that uh, the U.S. is a better team.
1: Yeah, in a way. So, uh, yeah, I was just thinking back that I woke up. Uh, Alex Morgan and Christian Press both missed penalties in Sweden. So uh, when you think of the U.S., you think of that great front three it's been there together with Megan Rapinoe on the left, Alex Morgan, through the middle, and Tobin Heath down the right. Do you think that'll be the case tomorrow, tomorrow night?
0: I mean, the the big the biggest thing these women have going for them is experience. I mean, you've got, uh, I think I believe I read eight multiple time World Cup winners on this on this uh, Olympic roster. I mean, that's if if you're trying to build a team to compete and to win a gold medal having world cup winners and eight of them is uh, a good way to start it so i think you know um, why you you may as well go with go with what works in my opinion i mean they've they've been a dominant front three they've been they're some of the three best women in the world when it comes to soccer and uh i think that it's it's definitely a smart decision and uh, a decision you can't you can't doubt or have any uh questions about if, if those are the three selected. So I mean if, if I'm if I'm the coach, if I'm the manager, those are the three I'm going with. What about you?
1: Uh I mean I'm a little worried about Token Heap's fitness coming back from the injury, but you know, she's always there for any term. I love her cross ability. I mean Alice Morgan, if the whole, if the pandemic had not occurred last year, I doubt she's on this team or potentially not even starting, she'd be a super sub coming back from her pregnancy. Right. And of course, Megan rapino well, I don't know what color hair her. she'll be tomorrow, but uh I can't. But uh, I think it'll be intriguing to see what happens because as you know, experience counts for everything. But you know what also? Her CUS more at the Olympics than the World Cup? Fatigue because at the World Cup, each team got more time between matches, but at the Olympics, they play every three days until the finals. So, is experience more important or maybe fresh le- or, or fresh legs more important?
0: Right. You know, it's a really good point. You know, I mean, it, the, it, and that's always the interesting twist that these Olympics kind of uh, throw at you as opposed to, like, a World Cup or another national international tournament like that. I mean... olympics there's they've got they've got a schedule to run they've got a calendar to run they've got uh uh, all these events that have to go on time and 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 it's definitely not as uh as forgiving as as say uh, a world cup where it's it's really the main show and that's all you've got to see so fatigue will definitely be uh something that you've definitely got to keep your eye on but i mean at the end of the day these women are professionals they they they've, they've been performing at the top of at the top level of the world for i mean some of these some of these girls have been with this team for 10 years plus i mean it's it's gonna be i i, I think as long as they've been training uh and and in pre and in pre-season and in pre-training camp and all of like that like they should and like i believe they have been you know, I mean, these girls know what to expect. They've been playing soccer their whole lives. If you're not fit at this state, at this stage, I mean, you're you're you gonna you're gonna have another thing coming. But I, I think they've got enough depth and uh, enough talent at the top to uh, to be able to, to to be able to handle that.
1: Here are a couple interesting things about Sweden. If you look at it, the U.S. and Sweden played a friendly in April, and uh, actually there was a 1-1 draw. Sweden led a good chunk of that game. Talent scored a late penalty that leveled the match. Um, the Swedes are not going to be intimidating Timbering play in the U.S. They know they can beat them. Uh-huh. They, remember the, they remember the Olympics five years ago. A lot of those players have still been. And in a way, I guess you could say the good news if you the good news is you could potentially beat them in tomorrow and then potentially beat them in the finals so it'd be two chi- two bites at the chin
0: right i mean you know it's def- definitely coming in from the swedish from the swedish perspective it's you, like you said i mean they're not intimidated by the u.s i mean the u.s the u.s has obviously been it, there it seems like getting to the finals requirement to be on that women's national team but you know a lot of these a lot of these teams that they've been that uh have been facing in either finals or, or late rounds of tournaments these these women are realizing that you know i mean these are good soccer players too it's it's not like and i, I was going to make a comparison to the uh which might be a uh, Ill-fated comparison in recent light, but I was going to say it's not like the uh, U.S. men's basketball teams, where it really seems like it's a forty-point win every every game. It seems like, however, you know, after some of these uh, pre-Olympic uh, friendly basketball games, the U.S. men might have some uh, cleaning up to do. But you know, when it comes to women's soccer, there's there's talent there's talent all across the globe, and a lot in these these nationalities. It's it's definitely not a pushover. You know, I still have. The, the women as favorites but Sweden knows I mean like you said Sweden knows that they can beat that they can beat them they have beaten them and they think they will beat them so you know it's it's gonna, it's definitely going to be a, uh, I, I think it's going to be an aggressive game I think I think both teams are going to play confidently and both teams are going to go into that game thinking that they're going to win it so uh, it's going to be an exciting uh four thirty a.m. kickoff
1: <laughs> yeah I'm just thinking my coffee my, my coffee might be brewing early tomorrow
0: <laughs> yeah Boy. That's that's the one thing about Tokyo is uh, I guess we uh the, the time the timing of a lot of these events are gonna be are gonna be a little bit of a tough one for us Americans to catch, but
1: Yeah. Just waiting, just waiting. Not for the uh 2024, 2028 Olympics, but the twenty thirty two Olympics in Australia might be even crazier than. Yeah.
0: And you know, speak- well, but Go on.
1: oh, good point. Speaking of down under, the next two opponents, New Zealand or Australia, both from Oceania. Do you see either one of them providing challenges? Because if you ask me, I'm not sure there are many players better at the than Samantha me I love watching her play for the Matilda. She can she can light up. A- light up a pitch like few women in the game
0: yeah i mean you know that there's definitely I, I the nice thing the nice thing about uh that new zealand or uh, new zealand and australia is the next two u.s opponents i mean australia and new zealand p- play each other in that on that first on that first day so it'll be it'll be really nice for those for the women to be able to uh i'm sure they're going to be watching a lot of film on that game and a lot of uh uh seeing a lot of tendencies from from those two teams playing each other in that first week so i think they're going to learn a lot uh from that from that first game between those two countries um you know i mean i yeah there's some good players sprinkled in through those teams but it, it's neither australia or new zealand really give me too much of a scare for the women it's it's more of the uh you know, the, the Japans, the Canada's, the, the Sweden's that I, I really think are going to be the uh, the big threats to the U S and I mean, even Netherlands, Great Britain are, are uh, they've got pretty high, pretty high odds for uh, coming out of this with gold. I mean, not, not nearly as high as the U S of course, who were favored, at least according to a couple of different sites. But, you know, I, I, I think, I think that, that 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 first game is definitely going to be a um, a big a big hint and a big uh, key look in to see uh, who really might be able to give the U.S. a threat uh, other than Sweden in this group. If there is a team to give them a threat,
1: uh, it's a two. I have a two part question. One, who is the most important player for the U.S. and who's the one player they cannot they cannot play without?
0: this term, you know, most important player and the player they cannot play without. That's a good question. Um, I would say, you know, I think the most important player is going to be a player between the sticks because, you know, I think the U S can score goals. Everyone knows the U S can score goals, whether Carly Lloyd's knocking them in from midfield or Alex Morgan's putting them in on on, on the uh, on breakaways or anything like that. Uh, I think the uh, but really what it comes down to is not getting scored on and, and having uh, having a solid goalkeeper uh, is going to be important for them to not concede. I can't I can't her name is slipping my mind right now and it's driving me crazy and I'm gonna I'm so used to the Hope Solo days that. Uh, it is N- N- Nair, Alyssa Nair. She's starting a goal, right? I think. I think that you know, if if they can if they can have solid defense, if they can have solid solid goalkeeping, I mean, you know, the goals are going to come for the U.S. They always do. They always will. And, but it really comes down to, uh, you know, making those clutch saves, making those important stops uh, in the uh, second half of those games. So I think most important will be uh, a listener behind in the goal player that they cannot. What was the second part of the question? I'm sorry.
1: Uh, who's the one player they cannot play with them?
0: You know, that's a tough question for me because I really, I really do believe the, this team is so good as working as a team that it's, it's, it's more than just a a one player. Oh, I, I don't think there, I don't really see one player going out, really giving them that big of a problem. I mean, maybe Becky Sauerbrunn and defense as captain, you know, losing, losing your captain, losing the heart of your defense might, would probably be a a pretty big hurt to them. But uh, I mean, like I said, I, I, I do think that, this is a, a a deep, solid team, and I really am confident that they'd be able to work around anything. But I guess I would have to go with probably their captain back in defense because I mean, attacking—they've got so many great attacking options between Carly and Kristen and Alex and Rapineau. I mean, I I, I would I, I guess I would have to go there. What about you?
1: I don't I don't think you're crazy having Becky Sal picking Becky Salbron because it seems like every tournament Becky Salbron's been there. But uh in a way I'm not sure the U I'm not I think the US can replace her. I'm not sure the US can replace Ertz. Yeah. I'm not whether she's in midfield or defense Julia like her husband Ben is a football player is a football player on pitch. I mean Julie will make a tackle and yeah. And uh, I want her on my team. If I've got a one goal lead, I want to Hertz playing some
0: Yeah. That's a great point. In that
1: Declan Rice role, just eliminate eliminating any yeah. that any attempt.
0: Yeah. Eliminating the attack and the ability to uh control a ball from from a pass from the back and, and be able to bring it up field too and distribute to uh other midfielders or forwards or wingers going up. So that's a good pick. What about your most important – so is that your most important or the player you, you, they couldn't – or both? Both. There you go. All right. Killed two no. two birds with one stone there. I like it.
1: So uh, when you think of teams that could upset the U.S., obviously Holland and Great Britain come to mind because Holland and the U.S. met at the last Women's World Cup in France. I mean, mm-hmm. U.S. – U.S. won the game two 0 but Holland played very well defensively. Just ran out of gas in the second half, and Great Britain, obviously, most of the players all from England, rep all from England. But right. when you think of that 2019 semi-final where U.S. and England played a terrific game two and one, Miss pen- and we're uh, trying to think who missed who missed, who uh, missed the penalty, who missed the penalty in that semi final. I'm trying to think. Was it Steph Howden? Um, I think sounds... it, I, th- I think it may have been Steph Howden. I'm like England's luck with penalties is not that great to begin
0: with. Yeah, I know. I mean, it seems like England and penalties is just a situation that they want to avoid. That's for sure. Yeah, just win the game in 90 or 120, right? there you go that'll 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 do it for them
1: i'm just saying uh i'm just saying anytime england could avoid the penalties it'd be a be a better story in the snow
0: (laughs) yeah absolutely well i mean you know as as olympics are coming up and uh we've had our fair share of olympics in the past is there any uh any olympic moments that you want to touch up on that uh some uh, some good moments that you uh, or bad moments, you know, depending on how how you feel, that uh, you want to bring up from the past.
1: Uh, well, Alex, I'm glad you I'm glad you asked that question because do you do you know how many Olympics the Brazilian Flamiga has played? in?
0: Uh, I know she's been playing for a long time. I'm with, I don't know the exact number. How about you hit me with it? She's played.
1: At, this will be her seventh Olympics. She's played in Atlanta sydney athens beijing london rio and now tokyo lucky seven
0: yeah i mean that's most soccer players are, are, are fortunate to play seven years to be able to play in seven different olympics is just outrageous you know that's that's a good shout for her you know those those brazilians they've they really know what they're doing when it comes to longevity and when it comes to being able to, to produce at the highest level for a long amount of time. Cause I mean, that's, that's just incredible. Like seven Olympics. I mean, that's literally longer than I've been alive. Well, like three, like four months shorter than you. Right. Yeah. I guess 96, (laughs) but what's the 96 games was something I was thinking about bringing up. Uh, how about the two to one, uh, the two to one victory in uh, against China, winning the uh, women's first Olympic gold medal? I mean, I don't quite remember that day, but uh, you know, it's definitely, uh, definitely a, a moment in history that I think really got the, uh, really kicked off the, uh, the expectations and the uh, the history of the U.S. women's soccer team that uh, we have grown to know and appreciate. Yeah,
1: in a way, it was started. It was. It was not just winning in '96, but not just a milestone being the first women's football, first women's football tournament, first some um, first women's Olympic football tournament. Say that eight times fast. Yeah, right. <laughs> but um, I think it just showed that the U.S. that. Whether it be Olympics or World Cup, that America was going to field a team capable of winning, and I think being China showed not just that America was football power, but also a side capable of handling anybody. Because if you think of the '99 World Cup, the U.S. beat China, the Rose Bowl, uh-huh. and. and I don't know if you remember that game. That was the loudest I've ever heard in. And they've been plenty of football games there.
0: Oh yeah. And, yeah. No,
1: uh, I... I... Go ahead. Go ahead.
0: Oh uh, no, go ahead. No, you. I was just I was pretty much just gonna agree with you that, you know, that that the the atmosphere just must have been absolutely insane because you know it's just you think you think of all the all the major uh, sporting events that go through that go through those stadiums and that stadium in particular, and I mean just to just to have the I mean you know the Olympics it's it's you know every, when, as far as soccer fans go you know the World Cup is typically a little bit higher up on uh, on a pedestal I think than the Olympics, but when it comes to the game of uh, when it comes to sports in general, I mean there is nothing quite like the Olympics where you have all these countries coming together and all of these countries fighting for, for a gold medal, you know, just that, that, that Olympic gold medal just kind of stands apart a little bit. And, uh, so seeing, seeing those, those moments like that and having knowing, knowing that these players, I mean, people thrive, children thrive to be Olympic athletes. I mean, the Olympics is, is the height of sport, it seems like. So, uh, I mean, just, just, I, going to an Olympic soccer game would definitely be uh, is definitely on my bucket list because just the atmosphere must be unreal, unlike anything else.
1: I'm trying to think. We all want to be Mark Spitz, winning seven goals at an Olympics. On Michael Phelps, I mean, <laughs> the fact that you just making an Olympic team, whether it be the 100 meter dash, 1500 meter, or women's football, would just be an accomplishment. I would cherish forever.
0: Oh yeah. I mean, it's, it's gotta be, I mean, representing your company, your country. I mean, it's at the, at the highest level. It's, it's, I mean, being an athlete and being a professional athlete, whether you're in a domestic league, whether you're in, you know, playing for a club somewhere, no matter where, you know, that's, Th- that's making it. I mean, playing, pro- playing a professional sport is making it. And then you think about getting to the level of not only being able to be a professional athlete, but then being able to represent your entire country in front of the entire world, watching a tournament. I mean, it's just gotta, it's gotta give you chills, honestly. Like I, I I've played in a couple of big soccer games that I've been, uh, you know, get, getting some nerves at. And it, it, I couldn't, I can't imagine what those girls, especially in, in their Olympic debut I couldn't or not even girls I mean athletes in general I mean just imagine taking taking a step onto that court that field that pool whatever you're playing on I mean the chills that must be going through your body in that moment I mean I, it's got to be something something un, undescribable I'm sure but uh you know I uh you know I've, as we've been talking about this this women's national soccer team you know it's been kind of the topic I you brought her up earlier and it's a player that I, I I would like to talk about really quick is just Alex Morgan. You know, I mean, she's it, it's been. I've always been an Alex Morgan fan. She's been one of my favorite players. She wore my number. She she's got the same number I wore back in the day. Same first name, same position. I've always she, I've always been an Alex Morgan fan, and you know I it I do you know obviously with COVID it's been a crazy year. A lot of things have been canceled. You know, the Euros got pushed to this year and what an amazing Euros we had. So with uh, with Olympics getting pushed to this year, you know, Alex, Morgan had that baby. And I think we uh, are fortunate to be able to see her on the on the field, like you said. And I can't wait to see her play because I just love I love her style. I, I love the way she plays the game. I love the way she plays the position. And uh, I'm excited to watch her play.
1: And wait a minute. When I think of Alex Morgan at the Olympics, I remember a big time moment nine years ago at a stadium. You all, you shared.
0: Yeah. You wanna you wanna go into detail about that moment?
1: Well, uh, talk about well, yeah. I mean that may have been that Canada U.S. semifinal and at Old Trafford may have been the craziest women's football match I've ever seen. I mean there were goals left and right. I mean they. Christine Sinclair scored a hat trick
0: yeah. in that game. I mean, you know, they call it the theater of dreams. They uh, they don't call it that for nothing. You know, it's it's nice to be able to. I mean, that's we ta- I talked about bucket list earlier. Go, going seeing a game at that stadium is definitely as far as sports go. I mean, it's it's top five up there for sure, and uh, maybe even higher than that. But you know what a game that was. You know. I uh, a couple of our U.S. a couple of our U.S. women actually were able to put on the the Manchester United kit for uh, their women's club team. So
1: uh, Tump and heave,
0: Yeah. So uh, it's it's you know I, I like that Manchester United connection you threw in there. You know uh, Alex Morgan obviously also has the Orlando Pride connection, so she's she's definitely got a fan in my book. That's for sure.
1: Wait, I thought you were talking about the goal that she scored against Canada in like the hundred and twenty-something minute.
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, it's just it, she she's she's a big game player. She 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 shows up on the biggest occasions, you know. And uh, being able to being able to see her put the ball in the back of the net at Old Trafford. I mean, stoppage time winner. There's there's not much better than that. I mean it's 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 one of those moments where you know everything just seems to kind of fall together as far as in my in in my world uh as a soccer fan and uh in the eyes of uh, a lot of US national team players or, or supporters around the country yeah and so uh,
1: when you think of valid i mean uh, when you think of instrumental moments at the olympics uh Neymar and Brazil went in the men's Olympic gold five years ago and Germany ranks near the top of the list because when I think of football powers, Brazil's... Mm-hmm. Run- Holy crap, I, I think you heard... I bet you heard that, thunder. Yeah. When you think of football powers, Neymar and Brazil have, have got to be at the top of the list and sure, Neymar is still not one of major international events for Brazil, but the fact that he won that Olympic gold in Rio, I mean, wouldn't say lifting, carrying Brazil, but the fact he was there and back the winning penalty against Germany showed that finally showed the goodness that Brazilian football can bring and at some times. Playing on the biggest stage, whether it be the Olympics or World Cup, great players can shine now. Fortunately, Neymar hasn't always shined at the World Cup or Copa, but he got a gold medal.
0: Yeah, I mean, and and that's really, you know, silverware, silverware. And, and you know, obviously for these soccer players. I mean, it seems like it, it, I, you, you do get the sense that the world cup obviously is, is a little bit next level than, than the Olympics, just because, you know, especially with the men they've got, it's, it's almost turned into a, uh, a youth, a youth tournament, a youth international tournament at this point. Um, but, um, you know, Brazil and Germany, like you said, they're, they're, they're the two powerhouses. It seems like the history between those two countries, I mean, you know, the seven to one game, uh, Brazilians don't want to be reminded about that but uh, you know it's it's it, it's it, I was happy for Neymar you know he, he puts a lot of work in he puts a lot of uh, he's you know a lot of people don't like him because of some of his uh, antics on the field as far as diving and stuff but there's no there's no questioning the the skill and talent that that, that, that man possesses on a soccer field I mean he's he's got some of the quickest feet you'll ever see on 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 uh, I mean, it seems like the Brazilians, that's a rite of passage to be able to uh, just get those, get, get, they're the skillers. I mean, everyone knows Brazilians as the skillers. So, you know, and this is a little off topic, but uh, it's still, you know, international football. But how about, how about Messi, man? I just, I just have to bring it up. How about Messi winning the Copa America for Argentina? You know, we're talking about international soccer. It's, I feel like I can kind of tie that in, but you know again, and there you go it's against Brazil in the final. I just seeing that man the second that that whistle blew him fall to the ground, head in his hands crying, seeing him lift a trophy, seeing him getting uh uh carried carried away by by his teammates I mean you know we're we're at a special time in 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 soccer right now where you know, there's so much debate about the Messi-Ronaldo argument, and who's the who's the goat? Who's the best? Who's the best right now? Or are they the best who ever? And I, f- I feel like a lot of people are are almost watching him slip, uh, watching watch their careers slip away. In a sense, they get so caught up in who's the better who's the better player, whether it's Real supporters, Barca supporters, or Portu- Portuguese fans and Argentina fans, but. I mean, we are really witnessing a time in in men's soccer that we might not, I mean, maybe for the rest of our lifetimes, we won't see anything like it because, you know, Messi and Ronaldo, I'm always rooting for both of them to succeed because they're the two best soccer players I've ever seen. And, uh, you know, you know that Messi has been yearning to win uh, an international tournament. So I'm just, I'm just happy for him that he finally be able to, he was finally able to get, get his hands on one
1: in a way i mean Messi all but carried Argentina for over a decade and seeing Argentina carry him in that final was something
0: symbolic yeah it, it, that's that's definitely a very good way to put it i like that
1: so ultimately who wins the uh, women's olympic uh, gold medal
0: you know i as As weak of a response as it is i'm a homer man i i I, i've i've got the women i've i've got the u.s women i think you know like we like you said i mean fatigue is gonna is really gonna come into play but i i do think experience at this point i mean eight eight of the i'm not even gonna go there but the just the roster from top to bottom it's experience it's women who who know each other it's women who know how to play together and uh, it's women who know how to win together. And uh, I think a little bit. Uh, I think with the revenge. I think the revenge aspect going against Sweden in that first game is really gonna catapult them to uh, take their game to, to the next level this year. I think. I think the US are gonna bring it home. Uh,
1: that's the good news, Alex. The bad news is, guess how many teams have won the World Cup? Have won the World Cup Olympic double?
0: Yeah. So it's always time for a first, huh? And you know what? I don't think that changes this year. Yeah, I think yeah. we
1: have a rematch of the 2019 World Cup. Only this time, I think that, I think that, I really think I really see the Holland winning. Yeah, I, I don't I know what it is. There, there have been some. I, I feel like Holland could could win because when I think of teams that. That could challenge the US. They've got uh, a bunch of really good players. I mean, uh, who's the uh, Vivian Mm Maedema, Great striker. uh, Great striker. uh, Lecky Maltes, uh, Jackie Gronin. So, Van Van Endel. I don't know if I'm saying her name right. um, But uh, Holland certainly won't be shy of facing the u.s they won't be intimidated plus interesting story holland's manager let me see if i can get uh, serena Wegman will be leaving to take the england job after this war after the olympics so if you've got that extra inspiration
0: yeah that's a good storyline to follow for sure you know i mean players playing for their manager it, it happens a lot it happens all the time and uh, it seems to be when you've got something to play for i mean look at denmark in the last in the last euros i mean when you have got something to play for you you're able to bring a little bit out of the tank than you might normally would be uh before so uh that's a good shout out to to the uh, to Holland and and something that might light their fire, but and plus
1: and plus who wouldn't want to see Holland's orange uniforms in Tokyo?
0: Yeah, I mean they've 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 always been one of the best when it comes to kit design. So uh, you know if we're if we're going on if we're going on the basis of that, yeah, sure, I'd like to see them play as many games as they can.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm trying to think, yeah. Holland would Holland would win the gold medal based on its orange uniform. Yeah. Thanks for hopping on, and uh, we'll see you soon.
0: Yeah, thanks for having me, Dylan. Always a pleasure.